Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me this week on Tia Time. We'll get to the show in just a moment. First, I wanted to say thank you to all of you who have posted a rating on Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast is an app that can be downloaded to your phone or computer. The algorithm it uses allows more artists and art enthusiasts like yourselves to hear about the show. So if you haven't posted a rating yet, do it now. Thank you. On with the show. Welcome to Tia Time with Artists, the weekly podcast where we discuss the methods, challenges, and real-life experiences of living our creative dreams. What kind of creative warrior are you? Musician? Filmmaker? Painter? Choreographer? Poet? Sculptor? Fashionista? Let's talk about it right now. I'm your host, Tia Imani Hanna. This week, my guest on Tia Time with Artists is Ruth Cunningham, who is a friend and singer and improvisational wizard and harpist and amazing woman, Ruth Cunningham. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. That was fabulous. <laughs> We've never done live music on the show before. <laughs> well, we should try some more of that later. <laughs> so it's so good to see you. And uh, I've been watching you on uh, Facebook and YouTube and all the stuff you've been putting up, all the improvs you've been doing. We met each other. It's probably been about 12. No, it's probably more. Lord. It's probably been. I want to say 15, 20 yeah. years ago now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, in New York. <clears throat> and uh, we were in part of an improvisational group that met. We studied with Rhiannon. And then we just continued to, to play over at, at, at Kate's house. Um, yeah, it was a really special group of people. that, And we just kept meeting every Monday night and just exploring. And it, it was just all so new and wonderful. And it was such a, a splendid group of people. It um, really was. Really it? enjoyable. And we bonded in that way because we were just working with each other every week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, it, new ideas. New ideas. I loved how we would start every session with just moving around and like rolling on the floor or stretching or and then everything had a sound and we just did that and it just felt so good to just do that and just unwind to get warmed up that way and then we just start singing it was really great yeah and or if someone had a new idea maybe we could try this okay you thought it up you start it <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's really great Really great. Yeah, that went on for a good year. Yeah. Yeah. At least a good year. Yeah. So yeah, same group of people. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Very, very cool. So now you've been putting things up on YouTube. Now what started that? I the pandemic. That. Oh that. But what <laughs> happened was that I was playing at at Princeton University for the, the Office of, of Religious Life had asked me to I was doing like 
every couple months a meditation in their beautiful chapel there. It's just gorgeous space. And so I get on the train, go down to Princeton and play music for an hour for a variety of people that showed up. And it was a really, it was really a lovely thing. And then the pandemic hit and they were going to just, of course, the chapel was closed. Everything was closed. And so I said, would you like me to do them from my living room, do the meditations from my living room? And they said, oh, okay, sure. So the off, so they actually <clears throat> would, I would create six or seven tracks and send it to them. And then they would stick it together and add, and they began to add my photographs from where I live, which is mm-hmm. really great. So anyway, I ended up with this huge body of work. I think I started doing it with that, but also because I wasn't, I'm a, I'm a church musician and I wasn't in church. And I was, so I wanted to keep the liturgical year going for myself. So Mm -hmm. certain holidays would come by like Easter came and I did all the Latin, one Latin proper for Easter and then Easter hymn and then accompanied myself on that. I just, I finally got into the thing, probably a lot of people know about acapella where you can play, sing duets with yourself. So I started using that So because I had these half hour meditations to make. I needed some, some way to just have a little more variety. So I, I played duets with myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it was fun because it's like I don't I know how what I'm gonna do and so when I started improvising with myself okay uh, I can do that (laughs) if I play this part then I can sing this part to it and then oh yeah and then I can add this harmony to it yeah I I mean I don't really do the I don't really I'm more sort of modally and drone based I don't really do so much of the grooves but I still manage to pull it off with just something like what I started with that. And then I just, Oh, let's, let's put a flute in that. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked. Mm -hmm. So, yay. So that was really how I started doing all those videos. I hadn't done it before, but I was really feeling the lack of both the doing the church stuff regularly and then having to crank out to have inspired and forced inspiration to do these videos once a month for the office of religious life. It's great. I'm really glad. Now I have a body of work. I probably have nine hours of music and video. <laughs> wow. Okay. So if so, and so somebody and I have different things. I had to finally I had to divide them into playlists. Mm-hmm. So I have a playlist for the kind of thing that people simple chants like that people could learn and sing with. And then I have just straight improvisations, crazy improvisations. And then I have sung prayers because I did a lot of liturgical stuff. So Uh I have a lot of sung prayers and yeah, just, I just had to keep, and then when I would go out in the woods, I would sing. And so it's, okay, we need a Ruth and Nature playlist and then it was like hymns and then i kept oh my god well then were the (laughs) prayers were the prayers improvised as well as far as the sung prayers or did you make up the melodies for those or were those traditional prayers oh no made up yeah improvised improvised prayers okay yeah i just take a text that i like and there's tons i'm in the episcopal church and by the book of common prayer there's some really great prayers in there and that i could just set in psalms Mm -hmm. also I could set psalms and with the YouTube, with the, for the Princeton thing, I set a couple psalms playing one part, playing harp and flute, and then 
the voice singing the psalm. So it worked pretty well. It's a fun thing to do. I like to sing prayers. I like to do chants. It works for me. Yeah, that's fabulous. They're really wonderful. I've shared them a lot. They're great. so great. Really great stuff. Now, I want to go back in your history a little bit and just because that's what we do on the show. We talk a lot about like, how did you get involved in singing? Did you always sing or did you say, oh, I want to do this for a living one day or did, did it fall in your lap? How Because everybody comes at it in such different ways because you play a lot of instruments, too. So yeah. How did you come at music? How, you know, was it something that was, oh, I want to do this as a career? Was it in your family? I, I started, I've always sung. Like I said, I was raised in the uh, Episcopal Church. And so I was in the choir from age four. So what I do with the hymnal, I don't read. Just carry it and sing the song. So I always sang in choir. And that was a really good thing. But then then I got to this point, am I going to be an artist? Because I love to draw. I love mm-hmm. to do that. Or and and then I someone, I think in a music class, I heard this recorder and I thought, that's nice. And then I remembered that my mother or my brother had taken recorder like a million years ago and mm-hmm. had one somewhere in the closet. And so I, I dumped the clarinet, which I was playing at the time and didn't really like, and started playing a recorder just by ear, just for fun. Mm-hmm. And all the wrong fingerings, as I remember. But then the organist at my church heard that I played the recorder. Of course, she didn't really know the level, but she had this Buxtehude piece, a Baroque piece with two recorders and choir. And she said, Ruthie, would you like to play recorder? And, and Christmas Eve in this piece. So yeah, sure. I was 12. What did I know? And so I had to learn to read music. Mm-hmm. My mother taught me to read music. I got the right recorder to do the part. I practiced it like crazy. And then I played on Christmas Eve and that was it. It was like, okay, I really like the recorder. And so I started studying. I went to these music camps in the summer that were for all, they were for all adults as the American Recorder Society. And I started going back in 1970 and started getting really serious about it. And then around me, the org- the organist at the church, we had a really good organ there and that attracted an incredible minister who was also an organist. And so we formed a group when I was in high school and did played all sorts of Baroque and Renaissance medieval music when I was in high school. So I was like totally into it in high school. I couldn't have cared less about school. I just liked to play music. Um, And then I, then when I went to, I thought that I wanted to go to a college like Wellesley because everyone told me you need to have a well-rounded education. And so I went to Wellesley and it was like, okay, I'm not my school. I had one of these free schools that were popular at the time. Of, yeah, we're going to have an educational environment. <laughs> it just, one year they build the wall and then they take down the wall and then they talk about what is motivation. Okay. <laughs> so this school didn't exactly prepare me for Wellesley College. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't ready. and But I got there and I realized I would have to give up music in order to continue. And that was not, the dean had me into his office. I see you're in the Wellesley Magicals, in the Wellesley Choir, in the Wellesley Collegium. In, you're taking private recorder lessons and you're taking, you know, I was like, maybe you should drop one of those so you can get to your history class. And I said, no. No. <laughs> 
And early on in the year, my Baroque flute teacher, who was wonderful, said to me, I talked to the person at the New England Conservatory, the head of the department, and he said, you can come. There was an early music department there at the time. And so I knew I could come. And so when the dean asked me that question, he said, no, I'm going to go to New England. So I went as a a recorder and a Baroque flute player. and uh who knew you could do that <laughs> yeah well i mean that's what i that when i got that recorder when i was 12 it's like mm-hmm. i was so into it and wellesley i was like a star because i could play i could sing i had the i had all these by that time i had acquired a lot of renaissance instruments i had a flute i had crumb horns i had a shawm i could do anything and when i got to new england it was like oh wait there's all these other talented people What's up with that? Suddenly I wasn't so special anymore, but it was a small department and it was really good. So I was a Baroque flutist for a number of years and I spent all that time in the practice room playing Bach sonatas and mm-hmm. did the thing. And it was great. You know, it was, it was really a good place for me. And, and then when I got out of there, I went, I just said, okay, I'm going to New York. And, okay. and cause Boston was very closed sort of circuit place. They okay. were all had their things there. And so it's like New York, I had more of a chance. So I went to New York and started playing in Baroque orchestras and did a bunch of St. John Passions and St. Matthew Passions and was flute number three in New York for about 10 minutes. When one of the people couldn't do it, I would do it. Mm-hmm. So it was great. And then I started singing at the same time. I started getting more serious about singing. I'd always sung choirs. So I joined a choir immediately and started studying voice. And that, that was nice. And But I, yeah. And then after that, I kept having these turns. Here I thought I was going to be like the next Baroque flute and recorder soloist of whatever. I was going to be a do that. And then I got more interested in singing. And then I heard about this group, Anonymous Four. It's a group of women, but yeah, it was four women who sang medieval music when mostly guys were singing medieval music. Mm -hmm. And they, one of their members just said, oh, I can't do all this rehearsing. And she left and I joined as a temp. And it was like, oh my God, this music is fantastic. And I just, I had to be there. So I joined the group. I think it was 88, maybe. And then that really shifted me into medieval music. Mm -hmm. And actually, you could play that that cut from Anonymous 4 if you want at this moment, which was one of my favorites.
really spoke to me in it. And so we traveled. We At first, we were not, we just rehearsed and rehearsed and only did, you know, four or five concerts a year. And then by, that's the train, that's the local train that you just heard. <laughs> um, by, by, yeah, I can't remember exactly when. Then we had one, a CD called An English Lady Mass that mm. just took off. Mm-hmm. And finally, a big record company, Harmony Mundi, accepted us. We had to get a letter from someone saying, some musicologist saying it was okay for women to sing this. And, okay. And, yeah, I know. It was like really bizarre, but women didn't do this. So, so yes, it sounds very good. It's very good. So anyway, that, I don't know whether the, how true that was, but we did have to have to say, get someone to say, yeah, it's okay for them to do this. And so we got this English lady mass that just hit the charts and became like number two or three or something on the billboard charts for classical. I remember. And yeah, it just <laughs> I took off. Mm-hmm. And so it was great. So then we began to get better management than we'd had. And finally we got some management and yeah, probably by, I don't know when, by the late nineties or the mid nineties, we started really touring. Mm-hmm. So I got to tour and do all that stuff. And, and it was great. It was good. And then I got into, <laughs> then I left that got into music and healing. And then I went back to that, but continued the music and healing. So uh-huh. I don't know how, you, how you want me to explain that? Well, so what music and healing, what is that? Well, what happened was that I singing medieval music is just, it does something to you. It's very, something about it that just hits you. I think it's because it's a lot of it is chant. So a lot of it's on the breath and it's, it definitely has an effect on the body and it transports people mm-hmm. and moves them out of whatever. It helps people with pain. So people started telling me stories when I was with Anonymous 4 and they would say, I used your music when my child was born. I used your music when my brother died. I used your music at the end of the day and it allows me to just stop. And so I really... It was interested in that. And I said, you know what? I really have to find out about this and how to work with it directly. And much to the, I think the group was not very happy that I decided. I just, I got that interior kick of you need to do this. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we were doing 90 concerts a year or something, 80 to 90 concerts a year and traveling all over the world. And that's when I got that interior kick saying do this it was like are you kidding now now so you i paid attention mm-hmm. not good for my pocketbook but i paid attention mm-hmm. and and i went and i studied music and healing with a woman called pat moffett cook who's a wonderful ethnomusicologist and general healer out in she was out in seattle at the time and there was a program that she was doing so i got certified as a cross-cultural music healing practitioner. Wow, goodness. <laughs> That's a mouthful. By that program. Okay. And it was good. We learned about world music. We learned about how music affects the body. And it was a very good and thorough, wonderful program. It was, took a couple of years going out there every six weeks and working with sound. And so all the stuff that I teach now as a sound healing class is all related to that stuff and what I've learned 
beyond it mm-hmm. from that class. And it really was, it was great. And it also introduced me to the idea of playing, doing um, sound journeys for people, which are like meditations. What I did with Princeton, it's like basically a meditation and taking people on these journeys and listening and seeing where they need to go. And I actually started doing that also because I studied Reiki at the time, which was a hands-on healing technique. And a Reiki master friend of mine said, come play for my class. Mm. He said, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I went and I brought the harp or no, I didn't even play the harp at that time. I had like a keyboard and my voice mostly and flutes, Mm a bunch of flutes. And so I would just sit and it was my first real sort of foray into improvisation because, but improvisation and listening healing mode, because I would, someone would be on the table and I'd listen and I'd see what I should do. And some people would get things like, you know, sort of medieval-esque chant, because that's where I'm grounded. Sure. But then some people, I just listen, something else would come in completely Mm -hmm. in another zone. And when I realize, oh, there's something going on here. And sometimes it's like, I'll play the flute. Okay, I play the flute. And I began to work with people in that way. And that's when I got the harp. I had the harp, but I hadn't really worked on it. And then one day, all I could do was play fifths on it. Mm-hmm. And one day it was like, play the harp. I was working with someone, it's like, play the harp. Like, well, I don't play the harp. Yes, you do. Fifth, <laughs> sing a beautiful tune, you know, I mean. Right. Like, you know, like, just go, you know. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> For some reason, that noise was needed. But anyway, with this Reiki stuff, I had to, one day I, the real, the moment that really changed it for me, as far as listening to how, what was music for people, I, some lady got on the table, I didn't know her, and I was listening, and all I could hear was, (laughs) was barking and growling, and I just, the musician in me went, what do you do? You can't do that. <laughs> so I, I let out a couple. <laughs> and then I tried to do. And it was like, no, you have to make these sounds. So I just barked and growled through the whole session of this five minutes of this lady on the table. And it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then, then she got up after her session. Oh, that was so wonderful. She was an animal communicator. All my animal friends came and sat around me. And I said, oh, yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> and that, so I heard correctly uh-huh. what was music to her. And that thing of just being open to what is the music and what is being called for in this moment and not uh, judging it. it. But it's really challenging. All the practices I've been doing, the humming and all that stuff, it just clears your channel. So you begin to hear what's next. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. 
But that, that's, wow. that's wow. That was a moment. And she, a couple years later, I ran into her and she's, oh, do you remember that session? Like, yeah. I really do. Because that was when I realized, oh, yeah, people need to hear certain music and I need to be open to playing it for them. Even though my Fach, if you will, is uh, medieval modal-esque. Mm-hmm. I can do. And that when I met Rhiannon, that was a revelation. I, I don't know if you were there. I went, to, I first met her upstate New York or something. And it was a group. And at that point, all I did was playing. It was pretty. Here were these people making grooves. And I thought, what? <laughs> and using personal language, what? <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I was just floored and I loved it, but I, I was completely intimidated and I'd just come off of being with Anonymous 4, so it was still pretty much in chant land mm-hmm. and improv chant land, which was new. It was great because it, it added a whole layer because now instead of just going, Ooh, added a texture. Right. Right. Any, anything I did. So I use it. Sometimes I just do ooh ah, mm-hmm. but I it gave me this incredible option of <laughs> adding a layer of sound and sure. And it was just really exciting. And then I met, you know, you all, and it was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you grooved with us pretty good, so <laughs> it was it was great. It was great to do that. It calls on a whole different part of your brain. Mm-hmm. And so I really, that Rhiannon, like I was doing pretty well moving along with my stuff. And then I got to add this other layer, which people don't, sometimes they say, what language were you speaking? Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> the language of Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's your next oh, easy title. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> and yeah. then the thing of, oh, could I have the music for that? No. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is called live music. <laughs> That's it. You heard it. It's over. It's it happened gone. now. It's over. <laughs> So, yeah, so the thing that I love, my sister is a wonderful poet, so I got to play with some of her poems, and I would do that all through improvisation. It's like I'd sit down with a poem and go for a while every day, and eventually something would settle, Mm -hmm. a tune would settle, and then that would be the tune. But there were a few of them that, no, the tune never settled. Mm -hmm. It's just always going to be something new. Yeah. I guess I guess I could sing one of those. That's oh. great. Do it. Should I try it? Sure. We'll just. Yep. So. Please, please <laughs> go for it. Okay. Let's see if I can remember. It's What's the so... name of it. What if? Okay. What if? What if? What if my heart is an opening rose? And God is a honeybee gathering sweetness. What if, what if, 
What if my mind is the crown of a tree and God is a wind raging there? What if? What if? What if my soul is a deep root? And God is my dark food and drink. What if? What if? Nice, nice. I like that. Yeah, it's just I really. So I've one of the ways I like to work is if I have poems or prayers to sit with them and do them every day and see what happens. And then maybe I'll record it or maybe I won't, or maybe I'll do it in a concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's, I'll have a bunch of pieces, usually concerts, I'll just look at the text and set out some text that I like and maybe have a first line. I haven't quite done the, with the meditations often I step out and decide what I'm going to do in the moment. But sometimes I'll have a, okay, I'll start with this chant. Somewhere in the middle of this chant. <laughs> so now, when you're doing all of these, because this these things take time to sit and have time to sit and cultivate and write these these tunes. What kind of t- what does your day look like? Do you spend most of your day doing this, like the dream job of musicians sitting and being able to do this creation all day, or is it just That's definitely not all day? I went through it used to be more of that. I don't do it. I try to sing a little bit every day and do stuff. But a lot of the poems are already established. Mm-hmm. If I'm recording one, then I'll sit and sing it for a while and get a basic outline of it and then video it. Now I'm interested now that the now that Princeton is probably going to be back in the chapel, I have to see what it is I'm going to do now mm-hmm. because I've had that monthly, as I said, enforced inspiration. So I don't know. And I work with people. I teach workshops on sound healing using some of the stuff that I got from Pat. Um, on, I've done a, did a number of them online with Zoom. And I also have played for the, con- there's a conference but with Ubiquity University that I've done every year at Chartres, or for the last for the last two years, it's been virtual. But before that, I was there for like from 2016, I guess. I started being their musician there, which okay. at Chartres Cathedral. So I got to, I basically was the conference musician. Okay. And it evolved over a couple of years so that by the last year, I was playing for people walking the labyrinth. I was playing for people in the crypt. I was playing to open the day, to set the set the mood in the room and I had a choir. Wow. Which I, which I used a little conference choir that I used to all those little short chants that are on that playlist of my YouTube channel taught all of those. And so that was really it's really great. And I did that at that conference and then a new conference started all about Mary called Madonna Rising which I'm doing even more on mostly with the other one. I I did get to do everything, but that one, but Madonna rising, I was much more put into the program and I'd have different solos and, and as well as teaching and 
doing the little choir. So that that was it's magical to be in that place. I mean that it's such a sacred place, and the energy of the divine feminine is just overwhelming there. So it really feeds me to go to that spot, and hopefully next year. Yeah, two hopefully. Years, two years here. You're doing a lot of nature walks and stuff, too. I see that when you videotape and put that up. Uh, yeah. In where? Because you're in Inwood, or? I'm in Inwood. I live in New York City. I had to put, actually put that on my it's an Instagram channel. I live in New York City. But it doesn't look like it, because I have beautiful woods and a salt marsh and views and it's incredible up here. I get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been in Inwood once, <laughs> maybe twice, because it was. I mean, I was in Brooklyn, so it was such a long way. Oh yeah, no, you don't. You, know, <laughs> you don't go to Brooklyn. It's too far. I have so I had some friends in Brooklyn. So yeah, they might have lived in another state. <laughs> it's it's so funny because I live in Michigan, and it's just not that far. But it's because of all the traffic and all the things in between. It's not mm-hmm. that big an island. I mean, we're normally just between here from where I live now and where I go to work is only about 20 minutes or 15 minutes, which is mm-hmm. nothing. But it would take, if that was New York, it would take three hours on the train to get there right. and back. Because it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's an island. It's small. Why is it so hard to get places? And it really is. It's just like, this should no, not take this long. <laughs> yeah. You have to allow, I mean, I allow at least an hour to get downtown. And unfortunately, my regular church job is now on the east side. Mm. So I have to, you know, go downtown and then walk across the park, which is lovely usually when it's not 90 degrees, but it's, it's, I have to allow over an hour to really be sure I'll get there Mm -hmm. um, from my house. And I used to have one on the Upper West Side, then I could allow only 45 minutes. That was nice. That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm doing one now. This weekend, I'm doing a church job at my old church, which is a very high Anglo-Catholic church. And I'm singing... In the Anglo Catholic Church, you have you sing all these Latin propers. So I'm mm. doing all of the Latin propers and all of the mass music in Gregorian chant. So it's wow, nice. that's a it's, lot. Just by yourself, by myself. Wow, they're not having that much singing there. I said, well, I don't play the organ. It's no, we we're not doing the singing yet. So just sing all of this. So. Yeah, all of this, just just I got, that. I got. That's what the guy was doing with them. The person that I'm replacing, he that's all they had. I haven't done really high church like that for a while. And it's a lot of chant. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I live there. And I and uh, the one of them I'm going to improvise. I'll have the right. harp with me. So one of them, I'm just going to look at the text and go. And which is something I started in the church that I used to sing at a high church down on 46th Street, St. Mary the Virgin. Mm-hmm. And the organist and I started this thing of taking one of those proper texts, which is a text for the day, and improvising Mm. together. Organists always improvise. Organists get to do it all the time, but vocalists don't. And so I was really into it. And I said, Robert, would you like to do this? And okay. (laughs) We basically picked a mode and went. Oh, that's great. And it was so great. And then we'd look at the text. And then when he left, another guy, James, came in. And I said, James, I used to do this in the summer. And would you like to improvise? Oh, lovely. So off we went. And then he moved. Then I moved to this church where I'm going to do all this music. And we continued the same thing. And it was great. 
So I guess I could play one for you just because. Sure. You, want. you can try it. I'll give you a fr- I'll give you a fresh Ave Maria. Okay. Fresh fresh chant. <laughs> see where I want to go with it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So you'll never hear it again. <laughs> well, they will on this recording. <laughs> we caught that know, one. Right? <laughs> ah, we caught you that time. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I totally go off the company that isn't right, but oh, it still works. If I don't like it, I resolve it. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> but definitely mode based is where I go. Mode and chant. Mm-hmm. Because there's a certain rhythm to chant that's. That makes sense. Really well. That's what you love to do. And that's where your background is. The language. And yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense to me. So that's awesome. So, what do you want to record next? As far as do you want to put all of these things that you've been doing on an album? The problem is they're not that. They're not really recording quality. Yeah, but do you want to take the ones you've done and go in the studio and recut them? Because I don't know what they were in the moment. No, you've got them all on on uh, video, so you can yeah. you can. Not really. No, <laughs> <laughs> not with my harp skills. I cannot reproduce anything. So I could go into a studio and 
do some stuff related. There's certain prayers that I could definitely do. The album that I did, Light and Shadow, which if you play anything from, that I did about, I don't know, a long time ago, 15 years ago. But it still represents me. It's still okay as far as a calling card CD, although I think I probably do things better now. But it's still okay. And people like it. And I have another one called Heart Modes, and people use that to go to sleep to, which I kind of love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, and then it helps kids chill out. Because I call up a friend who has two toddlers and says, oh, you're on in the other room. I said, okay. <laughs> so I like to try and give that CD to people that have kids and uh-huh. maybe chill out to it. That would be fine. <laughs> and that's pretty much the ooh-ah style of harp because that was before. I think I did that before I met Rihanna and her around that time. Yeah. So I'd love to have you go in and do it now in the studio. So you have the fresher sound, like fresh chant. Do one. I just don't, I don't know. I can't afford it. It's Mm -hmm. like a whole, to get a studio is really, yeah, I don't have the the money Mm -hmm. to do an actual recording that would be of the quality that I want. I'm so lucky we got to, with Anonymous 4, we got to record in Skywalker Ranch. Oh, wow. All kinds of stuff, of course, all paid for. But yeah, I haven't done a studio thing for a while. So I don't know. It's something I should probably do. And now that I won't have to be creating these videos every month, <laughs> maybe I'll be able to put my mind on something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'll talk. I think there's ways. I think there's ways. But yeah, that's, you know, it would be lovely to see that happen for you because we don't want to lose that. Yeah, live performances are great. You do have to be there to see them, but still, some recorded stuff is good too. But such a weird, because now as people don't even make CDs anymore, they do stuff on. Oh, don't believe that. They do. Okay. Oh, good. They do. Yeah. I would, I, it's, I'm due. Cassettes are back. They do for one. Cassettes are back. Cassettes are back. LPs are back. So don't let anyone tell you they don't make them anymore. Yes. Oh my God. So, yeah, it's not true. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I take your word. And so then I think I should probably start thinking about something. something, mm-hmm. something. Yeah, definitely. Because this is what you're doing now. So it's just, it's just a, it's a snapshot of what you're doing now. You know? Yeah. And as you've gotten yeah. better at it, why not? I know. I Yeah. The poems, I have new poem settings from my sister, which I've done, which I really like a lot. And those have not been recorded except on video. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I could actually do a program of mostly Marion and some poetry, similar to Light and Shadow, which is a lot of Marion mm-hmm. and some tr- Sanskrit, which I don't do quite as much anymore of the chanting, but I have. That was another aspect of everything that I just spent a lot of time in ashrams for a while and okay did a lot of om namah shivayas and- so there's like lots of stuff there to work with so oh, yeah that's exciting yeah <laughs> so anything else on your like bucket list that you want to do before it's all done before what's all done <laughs> life in general <laughs> oh life before life is done yeah let's see uh, I would like to collaborate mm-hmm with some more people. I, of course, this year we were kind of stuck and I didn't really get to do much, but I, I love the idea of when I heard you talking to Igor, mm-hmm. was that last week? Yeah, it was yeah. this week. <laughs> oh, it was this week, yeah. 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 
I'd like to do that. Yeah. I want to be in on that concert. (laughs) (laughs) And people think, yeah, that's when I do a meditation. I am, like I said, I'm like listening and seeing where I need to go next. But there's some, it's just, it's fun to jump off Mm -hmm. and see where it's going to go. I enjoy that. And I don't, I have a few people that I can play with like that. And I try and do that when I can. But of course, this year I was well, yeah. pretty this isolated. Is, this is an isolation time. I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking a bucket list. It would be, yeah, it would be more collaborations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And musically, yeah, just more collaborations. I would love to make a, I would love to make an album. Maybe that, that could be, that would definitely be something that has more of the new stuff on it. That would be nice. Like in the healing aspects, do you have different levels in the Reiki? I I don't really use that per se. It's in there, Mm -hmm. but it's not, I'm not a Reiki, I'm a Reiki just below a master, but I don't really use it in that way anymore. It's just in my music. I work, I would love to do more workshops I, I like doing workshops. I have a few friends, Virginia Shank, who's Virginia from, she's a really great jazz singer. She was in our group once or twice. She's from Atlanta. Okay. I don't know. Her. Anyway, one, oh, she would be great on this show. Okay. She would be incredible. I'll send you, I'll send you her information. And- but anyway, she and I have done workshops. We did one out at Ghost Ranch. And I loved working with her because we also, at the concert, we just looked at each other and went okay, and jumped. Nice. And she's she's a real lower voice jazz singer. And so it's like the worlds collide. But it was, it's really fun to work with her. And hopefully we'll do some more stuff together next time. We, We have another sort of, we had to do, a couple of Zoom ones, but I'm really hoping we'll get to go to Ghost Ranch again and work together and sing together some more. Mm-hmm. And she has a labyrinth uh, at her church, and I hope maybe I can go sing there some. Nice. I don't know. I like. I love playing for labyrinths. I love the thing in France that I do. Yeah, just more. I would be happy to be doing more workshops and collaborations with other uh, musicians and healers also, people that are coming from that place mm-hmm. of music is a transformative art that you know that moves people and you can bring people with you and you can one do what some of those some concerts everyone goes to some concert that it just changes you i like i like bringing in that music people always say oh i cried all through that i said oh good what was my, my specialty my specialty <laughs> it's like I'd be improvising in church and afterwards somebody would come up and say, I felt a tear. <laughs> Great. I'm so happy. Now, can you remember concerts that are there many concerts that affected you that way? And there's certain, the thing is that if, whether it's classical or improvised, you can get that on a classical concert. It can sound, I remember a violinist concert I saw at school and it was this violinist, I can't remember his name now, playing, I don't even remember what he was playing, but I was riveted. And it was like, and it was coming directly into me. There was something about the way it was done. And I remember a Leonhardt who was like one of the greats of harpsichord. Mm. And I saw him in Boston playing Bach two-part inventions. It's like everybody plays those true but they were alive you know 
movies. Like, so I remember that concert just, and certainly some things that Rhiannon has done. It's, Whoa, <laughs> you are just, and there's the little elfin girl, whatever it is, the stories that just. Oh, I know the stories. Oh my that. God. It's, you're like, Whoa, where is this going? And that some of those concerts just really, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I love when that happens. When people really play from that place, it's hard to always do that. Anonymous four concerts when I would be like, oh, when am I getting back to the hell hotel? What's for dinner? And I'd be thinking that stuff while I was playing. And then someone would come up to me in tears and it's okay. I did the prayer before I started. So clearly, even though I was at the hotel, (laughs) something went through that something needed to happen, happened for this person. And, oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the hotel. You just never know. (laughs) You just get out of the way. and, And I mean, I usually would, before I sing, I usually offer whatever, take what works for whoever. And is it gonna, you know, I try and think that way. You have to, <laughs> yeah. Because when you're on tour, yeah. it's tough sometimes to just oh yeah to pull that out. Yeah, we had a couple really good concerts, and and I was the one that people would if anyone came up with any sort of oh I felt my throat chakra opening go talk to Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> or, I saw the Blessed Mother standing behind you. It's go talk to Ruth. <laughs> Because I was the one. I was a new age-ish spiritual journey type. Well, it's easy to pass you off. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'd have to watch when I was talking that I didn't get too woo-woo or something. Like I said, your next next album has to be called The Language of Ruth, which you've already used. And Fresh, (laughs) what did you say? Fresh Chance. Yeah, Fresh Chance. Fresh Chance. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got two album titles now. You can fill them up. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Fresh chance. Okay, I got it. And then there's the still the flute. I still play the flute, which is but only and only as improv, really. And I have the lot of the Native American flutes, which I well now you see now you've got to get a loop pedal and do the flute, their harp, and your singing, and put those together on a loop. That's technically beyond me. Oh, at this it's moment. not hard. It's really not hard. Uh, it's really not that hard. It really isn't. And you'd have a ball <laughs> with that because you play alone uh, a lot. Yeah. And so you could really just set some stuff up. So you at least you would have, you wouldn't have to be you know, like, if you wanted some flute in it, you could just start a flute thing and then put it down. You, you just have the pedal and it plays it. <laughs> and then you can play on top of that and sing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not hard at all. All you need all is, right. is a mic well, and a foot. Maybe pedal. that's my next land of something. <laughs> I just, I can see I it. I can see it. I think you'd have a, a ball with it. I think you'd have so much fun. Ah, okay. You know? Yeah. It's just that I want to always change things. I don't keep things. No, I, I know. But it's, it's on the spot. So you create whatever line yeah. you do. Oh. And it's modal anyway. So right. you don't have to change it. You just have to set up your, right. you set up your motor. With one of them, right? And then you, whatever yeah. other two that you're going to use that you can sing with, you play those yeah. live. Okay, it's really fun. What I did on these things, mm-hmm. you know, I would, but they were, but they were five minutes long. They were like five minutes, and then improvise with yourself 
for five minutes and then improvise yourself again. Yeah. If you were new to this live, you can do the same thing. But you have an avenue to do it live. Uh, <laughs> okay. and More I hear- technology. <laughs> it was enough for me to learn acapella. <laughs> but you're, that was like my big challenge. <laughs> you would be doing that live. So that way you always have something where you don't get bored or anything or the audience wouldn't get bored either. You know what I mean? Because you always have yeah. something fresh to play against. So you're not, you don't feel yeah. so alone. That's why I want to, that's why I want to collaborate <laughs> with know. more people. So that, I, <laughs> so that I don't have to do that. <laughs> I understand. I totally understand. But it's a saving grace if you, for solo improv. It really is. Cause it keeps you from being like, Oh, me some more, me, me. So it gives you places mm-hmm. you can play with. So it's fun. So I'll have to ask you about looper information. Yeah. I will um, give that to you. Where will people find you online? RuthCunningham.com. Okay. And my YouTube channel is a different name. If you go to RuthCunningham.com, at the very top, there's links to, to everything. Okay. The YouTube is YouTube.com slash Ruth Reed, R-U-T-H-R-E-I-D. Okay. And photography is like my favorite uh other meditation it's really music is a meditation for me let's be real but photography is also a meditation and instagram i have an instagram account that has tons of pictures okay fantastic of my beautiful of my beautiful neighborhood but yeah i think the website has some examples of stuff and some it also has the discography of anonymous four of which there are a gazillion albums and then my other albums, which I've been on, it was one one with Lane Redmond. So all those things are all up there on the website. And But there's also a couple examples, like right on the first page, and then links to YouTube, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, and Facebook. Fantastic. Thank you, Ruth, so much for coming on the show and speaking with me and playing for me live. That was beautiful. Really enjoyed well, that. Thank you so much. So great to talk to you again. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Oh, me too. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on Tia Time with Artist. Make sure to visit our website, tiavisland.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes and never miss an episode. Please leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate your comments and will mind them to bring you more amazing episodes. I would like to thank this inaugural season sponsors, the folks at Jazz Lines of Bend, Michigan or JAM. Michigan Art Share, a program of Michigan State University Extension, is a partner in supporting the Tia Time podcast and Sham Bones Music. Without their support, this podcast would not be possible. Thank you so much. If you would also like to contribute to the show, you can find us on Patreon.com. If you want to continue the conversation about topics discussed on the show or start new ones with like-minded people, join us at the Tia Time Lounge on Facebook. Thank you for listening. See you next week at Tia Time. Thank you for joining us this week on Tia Time with Artist. Make sure to visit our website at tiaviolin.com where you can subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Please leave us a rating at Apple Podcasts to expand the reach of the show. We really appreciate that help. And we'd also like to say thank you so very much to our sponsors, Michigan Art Share, a 
program of Michigan State University Extension, and Cold Plunge Records. And also all of our Patreon supporters. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. We'll see you next week at Tea Time.